in order to have a safe space at biological mom's house, she has to have a horrible experience at dad's house. Yeah. I bet you this daughter got the message pretty quickly to stop talking about Susan. Yeah. And then if that's the case, now when she goes over to dad's and tries to have fun with Susan, she feels guilty. Because mm-hmm. wow. I know I can't tell. So there's that secret keeping that is so very hard for kids. Yes. So on one hand, I understand maybe mom's feelings about, sure. you know, I'm sick of hearing about this perfect person. Yeah. <laughs> But technically, that's the best thing that could happen to your daughter is that she would love the people that live at her other house. Yes. And nobody's going to take away your position. No, that's important. You can only give it away. Hey, this is Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Voiles. We've been working with co-parents in conflict for more than two decades. We've taught classes, written books, counseled parents, empathized and agonized a few times to help people make sense of their complicated families. We were talking one day and it occurred to us that helping the most difficult cases comes down to one simple concept. Is one parent willing to let go of the tug-of-war rope or is it worth it to hold on and fight? So we invite you to take this journey with us each episode as we tackle the questions, should you hold on or let it go? Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give you practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. Hi, Diane. Hey, Rick. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're mixing it up. Yo, yo. I know. Good we're morning. Too, we're too old for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just spent a week with my granddaughters, so you, you know go. I'm I'm all hip now. <laughs> exactly. The new words, the new lingo. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, things are good. I'm ready for spring. Still not quite here yet. We have good days and then today it's kind of cold and rainy. So Yeah, I yeah, I you go out in the morning and you're warm, but you're toasting by the time you get home because it's gone from 40 to 80. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, today we're going to talk about, um, an email that we got from Chris and it's kind of a lengthy email, but I'm going to shorten it just to get the main points. But like many of the emails we get, we've talked about different pieces of these issues before in different episodes, but that's what's cool about this show is that no two questions are exactly alike, right? Right. No. (laughs) So everybody's life is a little bit different. There's different elements here. And this one will lead us probably in a, maybe in a new direction we haven't talked about before, but there are some common elements, but that's just the way these questions go. That's how people's lives go. When you and I used to teach the parenting classes for the court together, how many times did people come up to us and say, have you been living in my living room? (laughs) Yes. And you're like, no, because how do you know so much about my life? You know, people don't realize the commonalities that we encounter uh, among divorced parents and And children, blended families and children of divorce and all of that. However, you know, we're humans, so there are caveats and nuances to everybody's situation that don't match um, others. So 
This email from Chris, I'll go ahead and read it and then we'll unpack. He says, hi, Diane and Rick. My name is Chris and I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time now. Thank you so much for your valuable insights as they have helped me tremendously while dealing with my ex. Well, you're welcome, Chris. Thanks for listening. I've been divorced now for seven plus years. For six of these, my ex-wife and I have co-parented peacefully with zero issues. No, that's hard to believe, but (laughs) zero issues. We would have minor arguments here and there. However, overall, we had a very healthy co-parenting relationship. As co-parents, we did a lot together with our daughter, who is now eight years old. We would have occasional family dinners. We would sometimes spend holidays together, Easter, Halloween. We would sometimes come to church with one another. To some, this may come across as having no boundaries and disabling each other to move on emotionally. To others, this may be perfectly normal acting in the best interest of the child to show that mom and dad can still get along. And Rick, we've talked about this piece where, you know, if you can be cooperative and Mm -hmm. do all those things together, great. I don't have any problem with that because it sends a message to the kids that it's not about them, that any conflict that they had in the marriage had nothing to do with them and that they can get along for the sake of the children. However, what do we always say might happen if you do too much of that? Usually when someone gets remarried or a baby comes along, then things start to unravel very quickly. How do we know that? (laughs) Well, Chris is going to say we've been living in his living room. Yes. Because the very next paragraph says in big giant letters, enter the new girlfriend. And I really didn't need to read the rest of the email. (laughs) Right, right. right. He's painting this picture of rainbows and roses and light and fairies and everything's great. You have a great co-parent relationship and then enter the girlfriend. (laughs) So he says, I began dating a girl who is a single mom to a five-year-old son in September uh, of 2021. We officially became boyfriend, girlfriend in October of 2021. We have taken a very conservative approach with our respective children by taking time to not only introduce them to each other, but to also one another as well. We dated for six months before introducing our children to each other because we wanted to make sure this was a viable relationship with long-term potential. Perfect. That's what we advise, right? Bravo. Wait till you know that this is going to be possibly the one, because if you don't, kids end up going through the revolving door of dates and then they bond and lose, bond and lose, bond and lose. So yes, good for you, Chris, you waited and six months, you know, a good amount of time to say, yeah, I think this might be the one. And I think it's impressive. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. he deserves a whole lot of kudos for that. Yeah, right. And I also want to point out that he had been divorced about five or six years before he finally entered the new girlfriend. So right. I think that I think that laid a good foundation for him to make good choices. He did the yes. um, the title of his email was "My New First Girlfriend." So you're yes. right; it's not like he had lots and lots of dates. Mm-mm. So and he, he goes on to be even more stellar. Out of respect to my ex-wife, I informed her that I began seeing someone at month four. She thanked me for letting her know, expressed her support, and then asked if I had introduced our daughter to his girlfriend yet. I said no, not yet, which was true. She asked that I let her know when I do. Two months later, I informed her that I had introduced her daughter to my girlfriend and her son, the, the girlfriend's son. She expressed support as she did before and thanked me for letting her know. 
Now I want to give him a standing ovation. Yes. Oh. <laughs> However, we know this is not the end of the story, right? No, no. So that was, uh, what did he say? What month that was? September, October. Not sure what month that was, but. It was two months month, after something. Oh, okay. So at month four, so that would be October. November. So in January, that would have been, they started in uh, September of 2021. He told the ex-wife in January of 2022 that we are official. You know, I've got a girlfriend now. Wife said, let me know when you plan to introduce her. So two months later, he tells the ex-wife, I've introduced her. So two months later would then have been March. Yep. So one year ago, March of 2022, he informs the ex-wife, I've introduced my girlfriend to our daughter. And ex-wife shows support and good for you, let, you know, whatever. So that was March. Four months later, July 2022, so this yep. is last summer, he says, my girlfriend and I decide to do an overnight staycation with the kids. So I'm thinking what he means by that is like it's a summer month, summer week. He's got yeah. the whole kids the whole week. A staycation maybe would be like every night for a week. Yeah. What I'm thinking. Is that what you're interpreting yeah. that to mean? That's what I'm thinking. The moment my ex-wife found out that we did a local staycation with the kids, all hell broke loose. And by all hell, it's literally been hell, including $20,000 of attorney costs, which continue to pile up. Since July to the present, so that's last July to now, so now we're talking like, what, eight, nine months later? Here, uh, then he lists things that he's been dealing with, one of which is um, she has gone as far multiple times to fill my daughter's head with inappropriate thoughts surrounding my girlfriend, such as she doesn't deserve to be her stepmother. Your dad is placing this woman before the mother of her, our child. She has even gone as far as telling my daughter, I don't want you to spend any time with daddy's girlfriend until I meet her first. My daughter is now terrified of spending time with me and my girlfriend because she's afraid of making her mom mad. That's an eight-year-old. Yep. That's a normal mm -hmm. response. Yeah. Needless to say, it's been a struggle when all I am trying to do is move on with my life. And now that I've found someone and been dating for nearly one and a half years, my ex has turned into a royal monster. There is no end in sight. Hmm. It's so like encouraging and then it's so deflating. I know something <laughs> snapped somewhere. So as always, we're going to give mom biological mom. We're going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yep. What do you think's going on with this mom? Well, there's a whole bunch of questions. My, my suspect that Chris has an accurate description of his experience, but to say that it was the staycation that did it, I mean, that just seems, this is, this is, I'm surprised she's hasn't met her yet for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. they, I, I wonder if they are, if geographically they're close or not, or how hard would it be? Yeah, you would think at exchanges or something, there yes. would have been an opportunity just to see her. Maybe they have seen one another at events, but have not been formally introduced. Or a birthday party or a, a grade graduation or something. Something, right. Yeah. So my first thought was between mom saying, thanks for letting me know that you've introduced our daughter to your new girlfriend and this staycation, there were a couple of months. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if 
the eight-year-old felt very comfortable now. Oh, okay, now it's not a secret. Mommy knows that daddy has a girlfriend. I can go home and I can chatter about, let's, Having call, fun. let's call the girlfriend Susan. Okay. And, oh, I love Susan. She makes the best pancakes ever. <laughs> yes. Susan, 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 Susan. <laughs> <laughs> and... And the mom is just gets under her, you know, hopefully mom is not saying a whole lot about Susan, but uh-huh. when an eight-year-old gets permission to just be herself and there's no need to keep any secrets, then you want them to just talk like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying it's not painful. Now, let's say maybe when they were doing all of these things together as a family for what, like several years, maybe in mom's mind, this is the way it was always going to be. He doesn't say anything about right. mom moving on. Mom has, doesn't have a boyfriend. So mom was comfortable as long as she felt there was some control over the situation. Maybe she thought we have now an open marriage, right? We're divorced. We can see <laughs> right. other people, but we can't. Or maybe she's still had something for dad and was hoping if they did all these things together, he would finally see what he gave up and would take her back. Or like I said, maybe she was happy with everything the way it was. We're still the parents in this child's life. We're still a family. We're still a family. Right. Yes. And there's no interlopers. Or, you know, she could have in the, in that intervening time, she may have found something on social media that sent up some red flags, but she thought, well, this is going to end eventually until the staycation. And now, no, the, the things she found yeah. on social media can't, can't stand. Well, maybe after the staycation, the daughter went home and just could not stop talking about Susan. <laughs> How much fun we had. Morning, noon, and night, Susan was in my life. Well, she was, I mo- don't, you know, she was mothering her. I'm sure yeah, it would right. be like having mom. Yeah. So this kind of reeks of, I need to be the main mom. Now mm-hmm. my daughter is mm-hmm. talking so much about this, the stepmom or stepmom to be, or this other woman. Yeah. I'm losing my role. And she became yeah. frantic that she might lose something to the point where she's now her trying to turn the daughter against her, which is really, really sad. You know, of course we're getting only Chris's side, Yeah, but it sounds like she's just insecure yeah. and getting nervous that this child might be bonding yeah. with this new girlfriend. The problem with taking it to court, Rick, is that how long does the court process take? Wow. Yes. Well, he said, what was July since already? So So it's, we know the court process isn't going to happen in three months. So 18 months down the road when this child is nine and a half or 10, and she's really extremely bonded. Are you then going to have a judge say, he can't see this woman anymore or no overnights for you now that you've been dating for four years? Yeah. (laughs) So what will happen is even if dad loses this court case, he'll just turn around and marry this girl, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then mom won't have a leg to stand on. So I'm not really sure what mom expects to gain from the court case. 
other than maybe getting more time or custody, but they kind of have to prove dad is doing something wrong. Right. You know, yep. to, right. to change custody or dad's not doing his job to change the scheduling. And I hate to say it, but morality doesn't Mm -mm. play into that decision. Not typically, no. So I think mom has a, a axe to grind. But why? But dad, maybe because dad moved on and she okay. didn't or didn't. Right. You know, he moved on before her or she in her mind thought the agreement would be they would never move on until their daughter was Right. Old. Some some people start out with that belief yeah. that we're never, neither one of us are ever going to get another mate. It's really hard for me to believe that anybody would get a divorce with a, a young child and think oh. the other parent is never going to meet somebody and want to remarry. What is the statistic around that, Rick, that we know? Uh, what, 70%? 75 to 80, I think, percent. Yeah. Or I don't know if that's still remarry. true or not, but yep. the people, 75 to 80% of people remarry within five years after divorce. Right. So the chances are high that in a fairly short period of time, several years, you can expect not just dating, but remarriage. Remarriage, yep. So I don't know what she thought was going to happen, like I said, unless she thought they would get back together or that she would be the one to move on and then it wouldn't matter. But you said something interesting, Rick, about family. Um, yes. You know, that, that she doesn't, this is her version of family and she feels like she's losing it. Let's talk a little bit more about that, about the what is family? Yeah, that's that's my first question. I think she's got a a singular definition of family or a narrow definition of the word family and doesn't realize that yeah, other dad could remarry, they could have a wonderful family over there at that house, but it doesn't mean that mom, biological mom has lost a family or right. even that the daughter has lost family. Yeah. These days we can choose our families pretty right. much anymore. Yeah. But if you think about that Brady Bunch concept, you know, yeah. my kids and your kids, and here's the story. Um, of a lovely and, lady. <laughs> yeah. And when maybe let's say they have a week on week off schedule. I don't know that he mentioned what the schedule was, but that whole week of mom being alone, Mm. And knowing that over there, it's this happy four-person family with two dogs or whatever, and they're playing family like mom didn't even exist. It seems like there might be something to that that she's feeling really on the outside Threatened as an outsider. Yes, good um, point. There was one point in his email that I didn't read, but he said that the mom tried to get the daughter's name hyphenated in this court case. So recently, after eight years, wanted her last name to be put in the daughter's last name, and the judge refused. Yeah, That alone kind of tells me how desperate she is to not be erased. Yeah. And she's feeling erased. Yes. And I hate that for her. I hate that she's feeling that way, but the way that she's handling handling it is hurting her daughter. Right. That's the big deal here. It's yeah. this eight-year-old that's caught in the middle. She's stuck in a dilemma. In order to have a safe space at biological mom's house, she has to have a horrible experience at dad's house. Yeah. So that's a horrible place to be. Mm -hmm. I bet you this daughter got the message pretty quickly to stop talking about Susan. Yeah, 
And then if that's the case, now when she goes over to dad's and tries to have fun with Susan, she feels guilty. Mm-hmm. Cause she knows Cause, it's hurting. Mom. Cause I know I can't tell. So there's that secret keeping that is so very hard for kids. Yes. You know, so on one hand I understand maybe mom's feelings about, sure. you know, I'm sick of hearing about this perfect person, <laughs> Yeah, but Technically, that's the best thing that could happen to your daughter is that she would love the people that live at her other house. Know that not, she's safe. Right. She's and under not fear a good them. influence. Yes. And nobody's going to take away your position. No, that's important. You can only give it away. Mm. And one of the ways you give it away is to make your child miserable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're pushing your child to the stepmom. Mm hmm. Actually, by refusing to let her love the stepmom, because you're you're the one that's creating the misery for your daughter. You don't maybe see that right now, but that's what's happening. Wow. So in your attempt to hold on, you're actually it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The very thing you're afraid of, you're actually creating the environment for it to happen. Yes. (laughs) So what does Chris do here? That's uh, on one side, I think Chris has a great opportunity to uh, comfort his child. If he could learn to say the right things that this child needs mm-hmm. and create the space for her to go through this, even though it's really difficult, then the bond he keeps with this eight year old will go on forever, way into adulthood. Yeah. One of the things I think Chris needs to do is sit down with his eight-year-old and say, I'm really sorry you're stuck in the middle of this, and I'm going to make sure that mommy and Susan meet. Yeah. And the daughter might go, oh, no, 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 don't do that because, you know, mommy, and I would not give in to that at all because this eight-year-old needs somebody to take charge of the situation and fix it for her. Yes. And that and, seems like an easy fix. Let's just meet. Yeah, unless, unless, and I'm calling her stepmom or girlfriend, whatever. I'm for convenience calling her the stepmom. Unless stepmom is like, I'm not meeting her. She's a witch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Could be that they're both kind of at each other. I don't know. But I'm kind of thinking dad ought to say to the girlfriend, okay, let's just find a way for you guys to meet each other in front of the child, mm-hmm. but very casually. Yeah. Drop off or school event or an activity or something. Just say, hey, let's go meet mom. And they walk over and they shake hands and say, nice to meet you. And here's my phone number, my cell number. If you ever need anything, give me a call. And they exchange phone numbers. Mm-hmm. All that's needed. And I think it, she's eight, so she can, at a very elementary level, understand you saying things like, your mom and, and Susan don't have to be best friends but they are both have very important roles in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's okay if they don't speak to each other a lot, that would be normal, but we're going to do everything we can to make sure that it's more comfortable. I could see the eight year old just breathe in a sigh of relief. Yes. Okay. Mommy's now met her. Now I can have, <laughs> this would be a real test whether mom meant what she said. Right. 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 Call her bluff. Which, which if mom didn't, she may disappoint the child, but the child kind of needs to see mm-hmm. that's who mom is. If mom yeah. is that, that 
shallow of a person, you know, so you can't protect your kids from who the other parent is. You just can't. No. So what I would also do if I were Chris, you know, he's been dating this woman. How long now? A year and a half, I think. You're out of the infatuation stage, we'll assume. Okay. So I would try to really focus on some alone time with the eight-year-old when you have her. Hmm. Would be really okay to say to the girlfriend, let's take a night off. Let's not see each other for a couple of nights this week. I really need to take my daughter out and just have daddy-daughter time. Yeah. Because we don't want the daughter to think, well, she can't have time with dad if she's not allowed to interact with Susan. Right. I really like that idea. Until this case resolves. Yeah. So that the daughter doesn't feel like dad and Susan are somehow a package deal, right? Yeah. We want her to feel like the girlfriend is the question, not you, Chris. Yes. And until this case resolves, I would try to focus on spending more alone time with the daughter when you can. Save your time with your girlfriend when daughter's with mom. Yeah. I'm not saying don't expose the girlfriend to the daughter at all, but I'm just saying for your daughter's sake, I would back off the girlfriend relationship while you're with your daughter for a little bit, just to give the daughter some sense of security that I'm not going to lose my dad because of the girlfriend. Right. You know, or my mom's never going to be okay with this girlfriend. So how am I ever going to have a relationship with my own dad? I think that to recap this, Rick, it's great that you do fun things together. And as a quote unquote family Mm -hmm. after divorce, if you can all tolerate it, if it's not confusing to the kids, if you and the other parent know what you're doing and why you're doing it for the right reasons, then have at it. However, understand that when another person comes into the picture, it will complicate things, especially for the children. Yep. Because then they'll blame that new person for blowing up the family, kind of like mom just did in this case. Yes. But sometimes it's the kids that place the blame mm-hmm. because they have reconciliation fantasies. Thinking yes. mom and dad will still get back together. I mean, they're still acting like they're together, right? So no matter how you cut it, there's going to come a time when people are going to move on and the pretending that you're one big happy family is going to come to an end. Yeah. And it doesn't have to come to an end and hurt people. So it's better to say maybe after year one of doing that, you know, we're going to back away from that, not do that so much because mommy and daddy are going to start to date and that will be uncomfortable when (laughs) other people might not want to do the family things. And you begin to wean the children from that idea that this is the way it will always be, you know, to infinity because they won't like it. Eight, at eight years old anymore, or they won't like it at 30 years old anymore than they liked it at eight years old when you break tradition. Yep. So you might as well just pull the bandaid off and break tradition and start on the new life because it's going to get somebody mad, one of the adults or one of the children. And maybe start using the F word differently. I mean, family word. Oh. <laughs> <The> word. <laughs> maybe use what? This is a family show, right? Okay, well, but, and I think we really do need to think about all the different creative ways in which the word family can, sure. can be used and yes. use it those ways with your children. Too. Yeah. You can still say we're a family. We just have different, yes. I mean, you know, there's, there's enough love to go around. It's yes. not 
mutually exclusive. There's not just one measured pot of love, and once everybody has their piece of it, you can't share it with anybody. Right? right? New people come in, and they have love to share to add more to the love. pot. Right? Yes, more love. Right. We hope. We hope. Some people yeah. are takers, but Arf. we hope the people that come into our lives are adding to the pot, not taking away time from another member of the family is what kids worry about, right? Yep. So that's the first point. The second point is be very careful about how you talk to your kids about the other parent's significant other. Mm -hmm. Because we've talked about this before, but let's say you have a six-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 14-year-old. You have to respond differently depending on their developmental stages. A six-year-old, even an eight-year-old is going to be very innocent and sweet about that new person because they're trying to please and they want to please, in this case, daughter wants to please the dad. So she might be trying really hard to like Susan. And that's just her nature to try hard to please her teachers, try hard to please her parents. That's just their nature when they're that small. And now it's very disappointing because if I, I have to disappoint one parent or to please the other. Right. So when they come home and say, yeah, I like Susan because she makes great pancakes. You know, you don't say, well, she's has ugly hair. You know, you, you just, <laughs> you say, that's great. I'm glad she makes good pancakes. And you just affirm that it's okay that she is okay with the other person. Mm -hmm. But then you might have a 10 year old who is beginning to, be able to see a little bit more, right? <laughs> Understand a little bit more, watching both parents' emotions. They're picking up on emotions a little bit more. And well, how did you like your weekend with Susan? And he might be wringing his hand. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't have to like her if you don't like her. Do you right. like her, mom? Because if you don't like her, I won't like her, you know? And then they're over with dad saying, sure, I like her. She's great. Because again, they're still in that parent pleasing mode, but you're more aware of emotion. And then you have a 14-year-old, when you say, what do you think of Susan? She's going to say, I hate her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do you hate her? <laughs> because she's taking all of dad's time away from me. <laughs> yes. And in all three scenarios, you as a parent have to affirm that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I know that since the divorce, you were, have worried about whether or not your dad was going to spend as much time with you. And now there's a new person. I'm sure that is upsetting. Because that makes perfect sense for a teenager to feel that way about some new person coming in and taking my dad's time away from me. It makes perfect sense that a 10 year old would be confused and worried and not know what to say and how to say it. And so you just step in and say, Hey, don't worry about it. I'm good. I know I'm your mom. I'm not threatened by Susan. If you want to like her, like her. I'm good with that, which is exactly what the 10 year old needs to hear from you. Yep. That I don't have to be stuck. And the six year old, you just pat her on the head and say, great. Because she doesn't need any confusing emotion to be brought into it because she won't understand it. And so I think if you think of it in those terms, depending on where your kids are in their developmental stages, it never ever is helpful to try to manage how they feel or think about another person because it will put you at odds with them. Does that make sense? Very much. Yep. Okay. Anything else, Rick? Nope. Chris, hold on to taking care of that eight-year-old. Yes. You know, stop worrying so much about court. Yeah, you, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't dwell on the court case unless there's something you know that I don't know that yeah. you have to defend against, and that's between you and your attorney. But this doesn't have – you say there is no end in sight. Oh, there's going to be an end. <laughs> but while you're waiting on the end, have a great time with this kid. Yes. Stop worrying about what mom might do next to try to hurt you because that's just keeping you stuck and wound up. So hold on to your kid. Let go of what mom's next move is going to be. Right. And I want to end with, again, giving Chris kudos for all the right things he's already done and just keep doing the right things. But it does prove to you, doesn't it, Rick? You can do all the right things and somebody can still be crazy on you. (laughs) I got no control over the crazy. No, right? So you don't do the right things to manage somebody else's reaction to you, right? right? Why do you do the right things? Because uh, that's what's best for you and your kids, healthy boundaries. Right. Yep. Exactly. So you do the right things and Chris, keep doing them, even though she's driving you nuts. So. Yep. All right, everybody. Good talking again. And we will um, visit you next week. Yep. See you then. Bye-bye, right. everybody. Bye. The information contained in this podcast is generic. It must not be misconstrued as constituting legal or psychological advice. Decisions relevant to any specific individual, family system, or case require the direct evaluation of skilled, child-centered professionals.